0: On May 19th, voters will be choosing a new Metro councilor in North and Northeast Portland. Cameron Whitten is running. Today we have an opportunity to meet Cameron and get to know Cameron's vision for the region and how Cameron will get things done. Thanks for joining us this morning, Cameron.
1: Good morning, Emily. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Glad that you are here. So who are you and why are you
1: running? Hi, everybody. My name is Cameron Witten, and uh, I am a local community activist. I'm a nonprofit executive. I'm a community volunteer, and I'm running for Metro Council District 5. And I'm running for Metro Council because I don't want to see Portland become just another overpriced West Coast city. At one point, I was an 18-year-old homeless youth on the streets of Portland. I have seen personally the extreme disparities here in our society, but at the same time, I have seen the best of Portland. I have seen the generosity of people and nonprofits that provided the support that I and others like me could find housing, find employment, and ultimately define our own futures. Ever since that moment, I've been pursuing my calling in life, which is in being in service to others, because I have personally seen the difference that it makes. You know, now I'm trying to bring my leadership to the next level. Uh, There are multiple crises facing our region, whether that's growing inequality, our looming climate emergency, or the fact that our communities are more diverse than ever, and yet we are seeing our institutions and policies stagnating and leaving people behind. As our regional government, Metro could be poised to deliver bold solutions on our most critical issues, whether that's the economy, transportation, housing, or the environment. I personally, one of the main reasons why I got into this race for Metro Council is because of my strong passion and extensive track record on affordable housing leadership. It's one of the main reasons why I got into this race. And now as we are seeing the shockwaves of this pandemic, it is obvious to me that more than ever, we need regional leadership and regional solutions to affordable housing. Um, That is exactly why we need bold and progressive leadership at Metro Council. If elected to Metro Council, I will bring more than a decade of Portland-grown leadership, both lived and executive. I have been, uh, you know, uh, on government advisory committees for TriMet, for Multnomah County, for the Portland Bureau of Transportation. I have been uh, involved in helping to pass landmark legislation. I, I served as a founding uh, member of the Oregon Inclusionary Zoning Coalition, along with uh, X-Ray founder and board president, Jenny Logan, where we helped to uh, uplift uh, statewide preemption on inclusionary housing in 2016. And I've also been a fierce advocate for inclusion and collaboration with you know, being in a nonprofit executive for nonprofits such as Know Your City and Q Center. I will also say that if elected to Metro Council, this will be a a new stage in my life as an elected official. And it reminds me of when I was 22 years old and I joined my first ever government advisory committee. I was asked by TriMet, Director of Diversity, to become a founding member of the Transit Equity Advisory Committee. And I have to admit, you know, at that time, I was reluctant, I was hesitant, and I told him, I think you have the wrong person. I don't have a track record on these issues. I don't have the insider connection. And unlike many of our local government leaders, uh, he was a black man and he understood some of my lived experience because he had lived it too. And so he looked at me and he said, that is exactly why you belong here. We have heard over and over from the same people and we know that we're dropping the ball. We cannot serve this entire community unless we are including everyone. And so that man made the table bigger for me, but I could have a seat. This was a pivotal moment in how I became the leader I am today and why every day I strive to make sure there's a bigger table for everyone. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm running for Metro Council. I commit as the next metro council for for district five to build a broad diverse and inclusive coalition that will be fighting for an economy that works for all that has courageous and bold leadership on affordable housing and that we take action on climate in a way that uplifts and includes and invests in all of our communities Mm -hmm. i am grateful to have the support of over 150 organizations and community leaders who've endorsed my campaign. It speaks to the uh, passion, the track record, and the vision that I have for this region. And I hope that the listeners uh, on X-Ray who live in District 5 will also put their hope into me uh, because I do believe that we have a future to fight for. We have the hope. We have the courage. We have the resilience. And I want to help make sure that we have the best solutions and the best progress for our region.
0: So you, this is not your first campaign. You've also run as a candidate for mayor in a previous race. As you think about the places where you can lend your voice, your experience, your influence to move this community forward, why did you choose Metro as your next step?
1: That is a great question. And I have a huge love for this region, Um, If you see my website, you can see the number of regional leaders who've endorsed my campaign. It speaks to the work. I think a lot of people know me because they see me everywhere in Portland. But if you don't live in Washington or Clackamas County, you don't know that I've been out there in our entire region because I believe a lot in regionalism. I believe a lot um, as a director of multiple place-based organizations, understanding how leveraging the power of place can make us resilient for the future, not just as individuals, but looking at our collective prosperity. Metro is the perfect place for me to invest my passion, my track record, and my vision for this region. Whether that is transportation policy, building on the work that I've done with TriMet and the Portland Bureau of Transportation, whether that's housing, whether from being you know a grassroots activist doing a hunger strike outside of City Hall to passing you know statewide legislation in Salem, uh, Metro is the perfect place. Um, knowing that we have a regional housing crisis to increase that leadership. And uh, another major reason is because I think we are all frustrated and disappointed with the hate and division that we see coming from our federal government. With this lack of action and lack of representation, the best place where we can make change is on the local level. I believe Metro is a perfect place for us to really own our autonomous power and make action happen locally.
0: Hmm. So Metro's had to make some tough decisions in the last week. Um, Just shared last week that Metro is laying off about 40 percent of their workforce and five to 20 percent schedule reductions or furloughs in all departments. Metro has a tough road ahead uh, now that we're facing COVID-19. Many of the event venues and spaces that Metro manages have been shuttered temporarily during the crisis. So, it's, a, it's going to be a tough path, a tough path as a new Metro counselor. What excites you about the job?
1: I appreciate that. And I will say, um, as somebody who has worked uh, for years in direct services, um, seeing the shockwaves of this pandemic and our looming economic emergency is, is devastating. Um, we have so many working people in vulnerable communities who are facing uncertain futures my heart really hurts for them. And I also believe that the coronavirus pandemic has shown that the cracks that some thought were in our system are actually chasms. It's something that I've been trying to say for years and something I've been working on for years, but I think more of us are starting to realize that we have chasms in our system. The safety net that exists, people are flying through that. Or if we're looking at Housing, if we're looking at uh, workers' rights and benefits, and if we're looking at uh, emergency protocols, especially around pandemics, you know, Bill Gates did a TED Talk five years ago saying that we are not prepared for the next pandemic. Mm-hmm. Turns out he was right. Uh, Metro, as our regional government, is especially and very uniquely impacted by the coronavirus impact. As you said earlier, a forty percent. Reduction in our staffing—that is uh, a crisis for our workers. It's a crisis for the community that depends on our services. Um, we cannot allow something like this to happen again, and that's why I believe that there is hope if we choose to channel it. If we choose to realize that we have been for the longest time leading bold leadership—that is making sure that we have a strong safety net, that we are actually implementing strong protection for renters and homeowners, and that we are advancing uh, access to healthcare so that everybody has it. Everybody has housing. These are basic needs that you don't have to risk your life because you have to pay bills or you have to stay in your house. We don't have to choose these false alternatives. It is the bold leadership that we've needed all along, but I do believe now with the coronavirus pandemic that it has cemented the understanding that we need bold leadership now more than ever. Mm.
0: You've provided a few examples of your organizing successes, whether it's as an institutional leader at Q Center or a grassroots organizer with the hunger strike. How are you going to translate your organizing experience into getting things done at Metro? So you've got a vision for things you want to accomplish as a Metro counselor. How are you going to get those things done?
1: That is a great question, Emily. Um, I believe it is time for Metro Council to have an activist on the council. Uh, one of the things that makes me most passionate is knowing that I have elected officials who understand my lived experience. That, you know, we aren't just seen as data points, but we are seen for who we are. We are nurses, we are teachers, we are parents, we are mothers. Um, I can tell. the the people who are listening here today is that I understand so much of our lived experience, whether that's someone who was a renter this year, someone who has tens of thousands of dollars of student debt, someone who has experienced discrimination, you know, on public transportation. Um, These are issues that aren't just data points. These are lived experiences, and these are things that I hope that our future leaders don't just understand because they read about it in the paper, but they've actually lived it. And so uh, that grassroots organizing experience is so important. I believe that we need to be planting the seeds for our future generations. That is the kind of work that I've been doing for more than a decade. Not just about what can I do today? What kind of deals legislation can I pass? How do we invest in the civic capacity of the community who lives here? That's one of my big passions, you know, knowing that Metro is near and dear to my heart. But when I'm out there walking the streets, talking to voters, some of whom don't know what Metro is, or some of whom say, why is Metro even important? And I can tell them through my lived experience, through the lived experience that we share, I can tell you why we need to be involved. Uh, Metro needs to invest in civic capacity building, and I'm the perfect person to do that. If you look at my social media, if you look at my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, every platform, I have more followers, more citizens who are engaging with me than the current Metro Council combined. I'm committed to using non-traditional tactics to bring in the new faces and the perspectives that we need to hear to fight for our region's future. And so I believe with that background and understanding that we need somebody who can bridge between the diverse experiences from the business community to environmental activists to the houses community. If you're looking for somebody who can bridge those experiences and bring more people to the table, I believe that I'm the person who can do it.
0: What's an example of a mistake that you've made in public life, and what did you learn from it?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, A mistake that I made in public life, and what did I learn from it? I'm going to have a chance to think about that. (laughs) You know, what I would say is I've had an interesting life. Someone who's been in public life ever since... You could say I was a kid, you know, uh, 18 years of age, um, found that, uh, you know, the the, the challenge was that growing up, um, I was a survivor of child abuse. I was abused physically and emotionally by my father. And something that I learned at a very young age was that uh, I was invisible, that Mm -hmm. I have to be silent and I have to be small, and that's the only way I can survive. And uh, I ultimately... Uh, you know, that realized that that was a lie, and thankfully I was able to come to Portland and to discover that I had a voice, that I wasn't just this small, unworthy person, but I have a voice, and when I share my story, that people listen, and it really helps us all to learn and to take action. And so, uh, from an early age, I have been a, a visible person in the public sphere, and that's challenging, you know. Um, you know. I don't think a lot of 20 year olds are, you know, out there talking to the media. Um, And I think in the past decade, I have learned and grown a lot as a leader. Um, And thankfully that's because of the amazing people who I've had around me, who have always believed in me and have always encouraged me to keep going. Um, I could definitely say that I've made, you know, mistakes here and there. I think one of the biggest challenges that I've learned, you know, having been a public figure for so many years, is, you know, how careful you have to be when you talk to the media. Um, You can say one quip that's going to stay online uh, for years and years and years and will never go away. And, you know, despite that being uh, whether you had a lapse of judgment, you know, we saw that in the presidential election where, you know, a candidate forgot the name of the Mexican president. You know, uh, I definitely can, you know, empathize with Amy Klobuchar because of that. Um, because I definitely have been in interviews where I have, you know, forgotten a name or been misquoted or, uh, you know, uh, didn't know uh, a fact that I was asked about. A great example was when I was on Tucker Carlson show about the uh, airport protests against the um, um, bans against countries in the Middle East. Um, so I think uh, definitely one of my biggest things that I've learned, uh, you know through my my presence as a public figure is the ability to just continue to be on a path of learning, continue to have humility, and continue to look at the long term. Uh, Because I do believe if you persevere, and if you listen, and if you grow, uh, you're going to go to the right place. You're going to end up in the right place.
0: Mm. You've started a new series of uh, of Facebook events that are focused on positivity and sort of bringing new voices into the campaign. You're calling them Moments of Hope. I wonder if you could talk for, for with us about some of your mentors and what you've learned from them.
1: That is a great, great question. Um, I've had a lot of mentors in my life. And uh, first one I will talk about I'm gonna get a little weepy. Good thing you don't see me in person, so I'll start crying. Uh, but I think about my high school uh, guidance counselor, uh, Miss Pomeransky, and uh, when I was 17 years old, I walked into her office and I had these two soccer duffel bags, you know, in in my hands, and I plopped them down in her office on the floor, and I said to her, "I'm never going back home." For two weeks, I lived out of her office. I went into her office, I changed my clothes, I sat and talked with her. Um, She provided the only safe space that I had as a 17 year old. And she made sure I was taken care of. She made sure that I got onto free and reduced lunch. Um, I ended up staying with a friend for my senior year of school. Um, She made sure when I wasn't even thinking about college, she went to the Rotary Club and she got me a scholarship and pushed me to go into college. And I did go to college. Um, actually, just we've maintained a relationship for now over 10 years. I just saw her three months ago. Um, she continues to be a champion for me. Um, she's one of the first people who I know has shown me love. And even though she had so many young people that she was taking care of, she understood the value that I brought as a person. Um, and so I think so much about Nancy Pomeranty and what she did for me and how I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for her. Um, she has shown me the power that one person can make and why when I am out in the community, whether that's volunteering or advocating, I'm thinking about those people whose lives that could be changing for the better. That's an example of one person who's changed my life. I can think of so many policymakers in this community. Uh, you know, you mentioned Rakaia Adams name before on the radio. Um, Eileen Brady, you know, somebody who ran for mayor at the same time I did, um, also believed in me, invested in me. Um, the, uh, Beth Burns. One of the very first people I met when I came to Portland because she's the uh, executive director of PAIR, which is the homeless youth nonprofit. I met her when I was 18 years old. Uh, we've maintained a relationship till this day. Um, I have over 150 people who've endorsed me on my website. I could tell you stories how each of those people have helped make me the leader that I am today. The fact that I could have a winning shot at 20 years old as a young, queer, formerly homeless black person. Uh, to serve as the next Metro counselor. I can only be grateful for the mentors who have been here with me and have helped me grow into the leader that I am today. Mm.
0: So you're in a very crowded race with some accomplished leaders in addition to your own accomplishments. What makes you the best candidate?
1: I think it's so great that we have a healthy democracy where there is an opportunity for us to have confidence that there are great leaders that we can consider and trust with our votes. Unfortunately, you know, that has not been the case for other elections that we've had recently. Uh, but here for Metro Council, uh, I'm excited to have the opportunity to discuss and exchange ideas and stories uh, with another a number of candidates that I admire. Um, but I am hoping for the support of the people who live in District 5. I believe that the uh, lived experience, the executive experience, the track record, the vision that I have for this community is exactly what we need. We are facing an uncertain future. Mm -hmm. Whether it's our working families or our most vulnerable communities, so much is uncertain. And I can say that I have lived a life of uncertainty And despite the fact that the systems and the obstacles that have been stacked against me, always found ways to channel hope, courage, and resilience to get through. I believe that's exactly what we need as a region right now. We need hope, we need courage, we need resilience. I hope that folks realize that we can do this together. We can define the future of our region and we can fight for the best portland um i believe that those are the values that people believe in i believe that they will choose uh to vote for me on may 19th
0: when you talk about together how do you envision engaging constituents while being metro counselor how do you make sure that you don't get disconnected from the community that you are there to serve
1: I think that is a, it's a perfect question, and that's something that Metro, as a regional government, um, really needs to grapple with. You know, not having as high of a profile as the city of Portland or Multnomah County. Uh, Metro needs to be connected. I think one of the best examples of the disconnect had to be with the Homelessness Services Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, advocates really had to push very hard to help Metro Council realize that we have a regional housing crisis and that we need Metro Council to be a leader. Uh, You know, for years, um, these activists have gone to Metro Council asking for action and Metro Council signed a letter saying, actually, we don't wanna do this right now, let's look two years from now. Um, And there's a perception that, oh, well, you know, Metro historically hasn't done this work. What's important to recognize is that Metro's charter, enshrined in the charter says, that Metro's responsibility is to address issues of metropolitan concern. And when I'm talking out in the district, whether it's to business owners, whether it's to, to teachers, household folks, to, to retired folks, what we are hearing as the number one concern is our affordable housing crisis we know this is a top issue, and we know that we need to see a regional solution. So I do believe that lived experience is a huge part. Um, And if I was on Metro Council, we would have had a different conversation and we wouldn't have made our community leaders who brought this issue forward feel like they were a burden. We need to keep the doors open. We need to have an open door For our community and i can say as somebody who's been a citizen journalist as someone who's been a grassroots activist as someone i said earlier who has the largest you know social media outreach you know constantly hearing from people from a diversity of backgrounds whether a republican or a democrat uh, a business owner or you're unemployed i have made space uh, for all those communities um, That's exactly the type of leadership that Metro needs into the future. Um, leadership that is really going to raise the visibility of the work happening at Metro and bring more people to the table. Mm.
0: You're listening to X-Ray FM at KXRY Portland and KQAC HD3 Portland at 107.1 and 91.1 FM. Streaming online everywhere at xray.fm FM. You're listening to Cameron Witten, who's running for Metro District 5. Cameron, there is a homeless service bond that voters are going to have the opportunity to vote on this fall from Metro. Is this still the right time to have such a bond on the ballot when so many families are struggling to make ends meet?
1: Thank you, Emily. Our society is changing, and it's likely going to change forever. And as I said earlier, for some... We thought that there were cracks in the system, but I'm hoping that more and more people are starting to realize that these cracks are chasms and they've always been chasms. We, no person, no Oregonian, no Portlander should have to face whether to risk their lives to go to work or lose their housing, lose their insurance, or something else, traffic happening. is exactly why I am a champion for the Homeless Services Fund. We are trying to put a landmark investment in our community and one thing that I'll acknowledge is that the majority of these funds are coming from uh, a tax on the ultra wealthy here in our community and you know knowing that Congress has passed a 2.4 trillion dollar stimulus package many of which is going to you know 500 billion is going to uh, big corporations. I think it is important for us to realize that we need to continue fighting for grassroots stimulus packages. We need to be fighting for investments that go directly to our most vulnerable and to our working families. I do believe that the Homelessness Services Fund is an example of how we are acknowledging the systemic disparities in our community and how. The folks who have been able to benefit from the uh, amenities and the services and the resources of our region can also be ensuring that our most vulnerable and our hard our hardworking families are also getting a shot to succeed. Uh, I believe now more than ever, we need to defend that safety net and win our entire region. So not just if you're in Portland or Multnomah County, which has shown tremendous leadership on affordable housing and homelessness, but if you're a family in Clackamas, if you're a family in Washington, you should know that there are leaders who are fighting to make sure that you have a shot to thrive.
0: Cameron, thank you so much for joining us this morning.
1: Thank you, Emily. Have a great day. And, uh, I'll just plug in my website. Please. WittenforOregon.com. Uh, so my last name is W H I T T E N 4 F O R Oregon.com. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks, Cameron. Stay well. Again, that's Cameron Witten, candidate for Metro District 5. You can find out more at wittenfororegon.com. Thanks for joining us, Cameron.